You're listening to the Cult Pop Podcast Network. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Trademarked, registered. I don't know. I'm Johnny Destructo. With me this week is. I was doing a lot of finger pointing. There's <laughs> a, a lot, lot of, of yeah! excessive finger pointing when you said that. I hope everyone would see that. <laughs> I'm Johnny Destructo. With you, th- with you and me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. I just got back from the Olive Garden and I ate Boy, so I much there. Scared. I'm a little. I'm a little weighed down <laughs> with breadsticks and blo- salad did you loaded did you I take a tour to italy i did and i <laughs> i boxed all of it up into your belly no i i, I couldn't eat hardly all of it i could i ate a little bit of it but wow. i ate mostly salad and breadsticks yeah. and also uh a not asparagus dip now what is artichoke dip mm. it's really good and I ate too much of that, and I'm full. I'm see, just, I'm see, what you tired. do is when you go to this place, you order the meal, but then you fill up on breadsticks and salad, and then you take the meal home for the next day. That's what That's I did. That's what I did, yeah. Oh, but you're or, just full of breadsticks or and Or the post-podcast second supper. Second supper, yeah. <laughs> I guess. This podcast is brought to you by Olive Garden. Yeah. When you're here, yeah. your, your family. family. All right, we have an email. Um, from the home, home dad abroad. It's called Spoiler Alert Marvelicious. Good morning, Noel and JD and all the geeks at sea. I patiently waited to listen to your Captain Marvel review until I had seen it myself. Oh, no. Just as I dutifully avoided reviews, trailers, and the lot. Long ago, Marvel Studios proved itself enough to be extend to be extended my trust that all of their subsequent films would be worth my plunking down digital cash to see on a big screen. Even their less-than-brilliant works far exceed the current cinematic fare of their distinguished competition and the entertainment value of most other tentpole features. However, being a 50-year-old white guy, oops, identity spoiler, I emerged from the theater Saturday night with only one thought jutting prominently through my skull. The Marvel movieverse has gotten its Superman and did it better. No, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. This took a turn. (laughs) Well, uh, as an adjunct, Carol Danvers, whom I never liked or disliked in the comics, was rendered as a complete character with internal and external motivations, a richly emotional human rather than a type. As for your criticism of the speed with which her full power emerged towards the end, it was always within her. It was simply caged by the doubts and limits saddled on her by the authority figures trying to control her and keep her in her place. Once these bombs... 
Once these bonds were broken, all hell could break loose. Even then, she used just enough force, destroying only one ship as an example to the rest, to turn back invaders without rampant bloodshed, destruction, and neck-snapping. Much like the in Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales did not magically gain mad skills after his through-the-door dad talk, but merely gained the confidence to use the mad skills he had been relentlessly training toward under the other spider's tutelage during the middle chunk of that movie. Mm -hmm. I won't go on... You two made many of the points well enough, and I really only had that one statement way up above to make anyway. The home dad abroad. But wait! There's more. I like the Stan Lee tribute of this film. Of, oh, I'm sorry. I like the Stan Lee tribute of his film appearances during the logo, but I loved that he finally got to play himself on the train practicing his lines from Kevin Smith's Mallrats. Sent by two-way pager. He was playing an actor that was playing Stan Lee. <laughs> in mall rats um well uh so on the we're, movie we're gonna I, I i desperately want to know your opinion mark but i have had a couple of conversations after our our screening and, and as the kids say convos Con, yeah i've i've had some chit chats yeah some one-on-ones yeah. yeah, why are you touching I'm, the tips I'm of two your fingertips together, together. When, they, when, I, you when i hear one-on-one when i hear one-on-one -on -one, i think of just like two ports Boop. okay <laughs> that don't connect um and I, I had like there are definitely flaws, lots of holes oh, in the movie. Yeah, sure. But, and and I agree with almost all of them uh, upon discussion. But it really is just, it was just, it was the charm of it. And I am willing to go with whatever comes next because mm -hmm. of I, I think the the heroes of this of this movie is uh, Marvel's amazing casting hitting oh, again, yeah. because even the weaknesses of the movie were elevated by the amazing cast mm -hmm. and the, the buy-in just the, the charm and the buy-in were enough to like enjoy this character that I never really had any emotion towards one way or the other before. Yeah. Well, th I feel like they do that to, for me specifically, they have done that time and time again. Yeah. They take a Marvel character that I have little to no interest in comic book wise, i.e. Iron Man, mm -hmm. um, Black Panther, Dr. Strange, Carol Danvers, so on and so forth. And they, they imbue them with some sort of charm or character traits that endear me to them and make me enjoy watching mm -hmm. them more so sometimes than even reading the books. To this that. day, I don't really pay attention to Iron Man. I try. I dip in and out. But it really is the, the strength of the casting and the writing of that character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm -hmm. that I, I really enjoy. So, Mark, did you get yeah. a chance to see Captain Marvel, bud? Yep. Dare I ask... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, the, as uh, as a white guy, I know I'm not really allowed to have an opinion on this oh, other Jesus than glowing Christ. praise. Are we really going to start like that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, it was a, a decent movie. Yeah. Far from the best. Yeah. I would say it's better than Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, somewhere in between Ant-Man and Wasp and uh, Black Panther. But okay, so as where is Ant-Man and Wasp and Black Panther? Lower on your list, and so it was like, yeah, Ant-Man and Wasp. I'm talking like about lower... it within the last year, within the oh, last oh, oh, oh. Uh, or so. You know, in the last like the movies that have come out in the last year. I mean, for me, the top, the pinnacle is is Winter Soldier and oh, maybe Civil War. Yeah. Um, Infinity War is probably Infinity is probably uh, right after that than the other Avengers books mm -hmm. or uh, Avengers movie. 
Um, and then uh, Amazing Spider-Man because I really like that one. Um, but well, real quick, so yeah. we we when we talked about it, we actually separate the Marvel movies now from. Yeah. We've got the big bombastic Avengers movies, the team like movies, the team films, and then yeah. we've got all the little nuggets of origin films. So where would you place it? Did you like it better than Doctor Strange? No. Did you like it better than Black Panther? No. How about well, Iron Ant- Man 2? I like it better than I like it <laughs> better Hulk. than Ant-Man. I like it better than Ant-Man and Ant-Man 2. Okay, cool. Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. So um, this it sounds like it's just middle of the pack for you. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it, and and I was I was talking about this, and I think that um, there's a message, even though I'm a white guy, they have a message that is a universal message, which is if you get knocked down, you get back up, and you keep on trying. Yeah, and that it doesn't matter who it is. It's not, that's not a feminist message. That's a, that's a message that anyone can relate to. And that's really what I'm looking for in a movie. I'm not looking for someone exactly like me. I don't look like Harrison Ford, Bruce Willis. Well, maybe a little bit more like Bruce Willis cause I have bald head, but I mean, I don't, I don't look like Samuel L. Jackson. I don't look like any of any of those guys. I mean, the, the argument that like this person looks like, like, I mean, I, there's no, there's no ginger superheroes out there, uh, this side of. What about Ron, Ron, Ron Weasley? <laughs> He's not. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> hang on, um, hang on. No, I'm I... just, but I'm just saying. I'm just no, saying. No, yeah, I get uh, it. And I'm, I, I, none of us look like Captain America, no. um, or or Shazam or Superman or Bruce Wayne or any of that stuff. And it's like that bit. argument about like, you have to have the same physical characteristics in order to identify. Mm. I mean, I identified with that, but with the, the character and I thought that was something to root for. That was a message that I think that they would, that they should have um, pushed. And I, and they did. And it's like throughout the whole thing, she's being pushed down. Um, I think the weakest parts of the movie were the feminist bits that were forced. Um, the smile for me gal, uh, you know, the dude on the bike, the, uh, you know, it's called a cockpit, stuff like that. I mean, it, that that was just like it was it was ham fistedly written, whereas it could have been just an empowering story without those just like kind of like easy jabs. It's like it's like marijuana humor when people just say weed and people laugh at it because it's, oh, you said weed and it's about weed. So it's funny. Well, my it's that I I just don't I I, I don't see why that uh there the, there there was look at look at Wonder Woman it didn't have those it might have had a couple of bits in there where she was not looked at as a, a strong soldier because oh, she absolutely. hadn't proven herself she wasn't even allowed but, in that room because it was for men only yeah it had that but that was like a, a sign of the times I I mean and and I don't think I mean yes sometimes stuff like that happens but to have that in there and to have that kind of like feel like it 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 actually stopped her from fighting and and doing stuff like that um it just didn't or or it or it just didn't work for me it just didn't work i compare it to like a stew when you like when you put in elements of like a, a story where you have action you have character you have you have conflict you have personal like whatever it is a message that you want to a theme you want to put it put in there uh when you when you mix it all together you you 
you watch it and it it none of it no single part stands out as if it just doesn't feel like it's part of the whole movie it's like stew it's like stew is bro- is cooked so that everything kind of tastes the same but it all tastes great it's savory it's like mixing all of the parts together um this wasn't that those those forced little bits were that that was like throwing in a raw onion in the middle of the stew so i i, I have i have a resp- well like two things um i completely agree with you about identifying with her um and that's what made it work like we didn't have to be you know physically identical in order to identify with the character mm-hmm. but just imagine how much more impactful that would be if you were a young girl that's the whole point of it. And that is but also, hang on, I, no shit, I'm, I'm actually making a metaphor. Um, and that is also in line with my response to you feeling that those parts of the movie were forced. To us, they were because we were super in tune to them because of all of the conversations that's been happening around this movie. And we are not women and we don't know how organically that would or would not happen. Yeah. So we were waiting for those feminist moments. I know I was, mm-hmm. but... I also don't know the validity of how organically they happen in the real world because I'm not a woman. Yeah. And I, I think so you know, watching the response of the theater around me to those moments that to me feel like that's a bit on the nose. The women in the audience were reacting very positively to it. Yeah, they were reacting positively to the, to that, but then the um cutesy stuff, they like the the no doubt music cue. That to me That I was, was like, like oh, all right, that's whatever. That's real on the nose, like, guys. Like that was more kind of yeah. Two on the button. That was two on the button for for me than than the smile for me and it's called a cockpit because it also it was the nineties. It was the Monica Lewinsky nineties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, the president of the United States was like doing that stuff. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, there was there wasn't always has been and and sadly probably always will be that sort of thing. Yeah. I, there's going to be that type of chauvinism around here. You you walk with any any girl on the street or you talk with any girl on the street and you'll know that they're going to get catcalled as mm-hmm. they're walking down the street. I wish they were brave enough to have someone of color do that because that seems to happen a lot more in my in my city than I than it happens uh, around but people aren't brave enough to do that sort of thing. But um it's it, it does happen and I'm not saying it doesn't. Oh, yeah. I am saying that this uh this as as the movie is going along anything that pulls me out of the movie it shouldn't be there and and i and i'm not saying they're they're making the movie just for me that's fine if they want to do that um if you want to make a universal kind of movie a big budget movie you're going to want to have as many people as possible in there um and it, it and and not just kind of say well this movie isn't for you or this movie wasn't made for you you didn't hear the makers of black panther say that but you did hear some of the people behind this movie say that about about some people as well so i mean i get it i get it yeah it's going to be empowering but wonder woman somehow was able to have that kind of strength in storytelling i mean it had a terribly flawed third act but as far as depicting a, a female superhero that someone would want to grow up to be Mm-hmm. I think she is much more admirable than Captain Marvel was. Yeah, to me, I like um, uh, Captain Marvel. It actually goes above Wonder Woman for me because of that third act of Wonder Woman. It's, it's, it's really has like a bit of a shadow on it for me, uh, and mm-hmm. this didn't have that for me. I really like the third act of this movie 
some of the strongest stuff yeah. of the movie is in the third act, I think. Yeah, we were but, we we yeah. kind of talked we um we talked about it. What was it? Um, uh, the movie itself is better than Wonder Woman, but no one no piece of the movie is as high a point as No Man's Land. Yeah. Like, oh, in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. so, Wonder Woman like yeah. peaked yeah. mid movie and just and just yeah. kind of fell apart. Whereas this one was much more like middling and and average all the way yeah. around to where it was yeah. like a better yeah. whole. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that um, Wonder Woman suffered from a third act where the producers probably said, "We want something explosive and here to fight a big villain." Yeah. And um, unfortunately, they did. They caved and did that because <laughs> yeah. it was a first time. Well, it was a first time big, big, big budget director on there, and I'm sure that they had to. I, I'm sure that next time. Um, they're going to trust this director a little bit more, and she's going to be able to do a lot more with that. Yeah, I can't um, wait for that. I did just have just like a kind of just nitpick sort of things. Sure. Ronan looked yeah. Ronan looked awful. He looked like a blue man group man with a hat. Uh, he didn't have the black makeup that he I, he had in the other one, and because of that, they just looked like blue man group guys. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, tell, I wonder if that us. if that black makeup is well, that was part of his. Of, Go part on. of his like cult leadership. Yeah, that was part up. of his religious zealotry. Like that yeah. was that was the blood of yeah. um traitors. I guess I guess the accusers are a not race but a a, uh, a military Yeah. Uh, like a faction. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, yeah, the he the when we see but, him uh, in yeah, Guardians. Right. He looked they looked a little silly just like blue like The that. first time we see him in yeah. Guardians, he's bathing in the blood of Zandarian. Yeah. 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 So like well, that I mean, whole I, war I, paint I get and shit. That. I get that, but he just did not look as as menacing. like do not yeah, disagree menacing yeah. he looked it, weird no you're right <laughs> um uh the other thing was that telos looked ridiculous in that sports coat i don't know why he was wearing <laughs> a sports coat in that that yeah, scene after... and he wore it for so long yeah um well i think it goes it, me. Uh, you know what the first time i saw it i was just like all right that's a choice but i think the second time or, or the second time i saw it i i remembered that line he had at the end he really liked being a human yeah because afterwards too he was also wearing like a sweatsuit yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I, and he loved like, the blue eyes i, I think love... he was just hanging on to the coat on yeah, purpose I maybe gives him a little bit of personality I, I drinking like the milkshake yeah yeah i, yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I, ah, loved it i get it but still it's like i i i did not like um the switcher switcher of scrolls to good guys ah. um but, I, I get it. They're refugees. You know, we have to love all refugees these days. But it's it's one of those things that I, I think it really does mess up a potential, uh, a strong potential villains in the future of the Marvel Universe. Also, um, the Marvel, the, the, the Avengers were always caught in the middle of the Kree Skrull War. And in this, it's like they, they they automatically have taken sides. They've automatically kind of shown who was who. Yes, Telos has. You heard the story from Telos's perspective, mm-hmm. but it's pretty pretty clear by the end of it who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. And I think it's going to be a pretty um, pretty strong redirection if all of a sudden the Skrulls are are bad guys. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see where they're going to head with it, actually. Because, you know, I kind of knew, I thought I knew where this was going, and then that scroll redirect sort of made me stop and go, oh, so wait, uh, what are we going to do next? Uh, and are, we go- are they going to be able to play a more nuanced discussion about scrolls in the future, mm-hmm. um, good ones and bad ones, now that we've sort of painted them with this refugee brush? Uh, I was wondering if can we have a faction of evil scrolls now that we've sort of made they've made that statement. Well, the same brush I has been painted don't with think Kree. They can. No, not, the same brush not. has been painted with Kree. The first time that we met the Kree, and even in the TV shows, 
they're awful, horrific people. But now we actually have not only a Cree warrior, but a, a or like a good guy, but then a mentor who was trying to end the war. So like yeah. they can, they can. He mentions that there's thousands of of scrolls oh. all across the galaxy in hiding. You you know that there are some factions that are you know, preparing for war and or invasion, whereas others are just trying to find a home. Like, I think that's, I'm hoping I think that complexity to... makes it even more exciting than just yeah. shapeshifters. Yeah. I think that's cool. I, I, hopefully. It's I get cool. it. I do think that, that the, the bad guys, uh, I, I, I get it. You don't want just a mustache twirling bad guy, but, um, there's a lot of, um, I, I, there's a lot going on in the Marvel universe where it's like the, the flaws are all in the heroes and not in the villains as much. Um, I did like the, I mean, I liked Jude Law. I thought he was a good, he, he did really well. I knew what was going to be happening at the, in that last fight between those two. Um, it's, it's an Indiana Jones moment, which is cool. I, I like that. Yeah, part. I like that too. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it was a mistake to have her go full binary on the Cree at the end. Um, I mean, she's, how more powerful can she get? Right. Yeah. Now, that's that's another this, thing. That's another movie. question of like, she's um, so powered up um, that she literally belly flopped through a spaceship. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. I thought was that was like it made me cheer, but it also makes me go, well, how how do you defeat this as yeah. a villain? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and and I think that uh, that that's I think the it's. Um, illustrated best in the Iron Man's movies because it's like the first Iron Man, he was wearing a clunky suit. Second one, he was carrying around a briefcase and the suit kind of formed on him. And by the third one, you know, he had the extremis. And then by the the, the latest one, he's got the nanotechnology. Um, it just shows the evolution of his powers and how he's learning along the way and how he's getting more powerful as he goes along. Same thing with Thor. Um, not so much with Cap because he was kind of given these these powers, but still, Cap's grown a lot from his first movie to oh, yeah. to this one. Yeah, he's matured um, and jaded, which this, is great. I feel I, I just feel that this was rushed simply to get to Avengers Endgame, um, which is a shame. Uh, I think I wish there could have been some sort of progression there a little bit. Um, and the only there were I mean there were a couple of things like the the final fight between uh, uh, it, to the uh, God awful! I'm just, I'm just a girl. Star Force. No, uh, yeah. Where oh. she's no, where she's fighting those guys hand Star to hand Force. inside the thing. It yeah. was so badly edited, bad, badly choreographed, and badly what? lit that you didn't even know what was happening to who. Yeah. Um, I, I know that uh, Demon Honshu um, probably got scarred up because he shows up later on in Guardians of the Galaxy and he's got cybernetic parts, but you wouldn't know that at all from those fight scenes because. All it was was yeah. sparks and sparks and uh, smoke and people punching people that I didn't even recognize. And then your your eyes were rolling double time just to from the I'm just a girl song. And it's just I, I, that was a dramatic, high dramatic moment. Imagine if I'm just a girl came on during the final fight scene of, of Wonder Woman. I mean, to add insult to injury of the final fight scene. I mean, imagine if some pop song from the 90s came on there. Well, that was a very just, different film. I, this movie relied yeah. very heavily on the 90s nostalgia thing. It, was it does, but I think... I don't think it was an abject failure, but I do think it was a misstep. And uh, I also, for whatever sequel, I really... I they, they did a great job, but I would like to see a different director or a directing team. Uh-huh. Because of those reasons, like this is their first large movie, and yeah. anything that had to do with large set pieces or action 
was a little all over the map. Like the, there was that one really good hand to hand fight scene at the beginning where she was in captive, where she was captured. That yeah, was I like fun. That one. Yeah. But then when it got to that last scene, yeah, it was it was a bit of a mess. Like it was poorly lit. It was it was just it was. I completely agree with you, and I, I want to see her do other fun things. You know. Yeah. Same. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. Move on. It, it, the the only other thing was that um, Fury looked cool, and so Coulson looked a little plastic. Fury looks cool, um, but uh, he ran like a seventy year old man because he's a seventy year old man. So if you're gonna if you're gonna slim him down and you're gonna like take the de age him like that, just put uh put another guy in there who's skinny and can actually run because like the times when he's running, it's like his hands are all flailing around and his knees are kind of knock kneed and you can tell he's just not, you know, he's not young Nick Fury there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's that's an old guy, right. <laughs> and I just think that. Um, it, it 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 just it was obvious what was going on there instead of like uh they they, they made a mistake not putting like a, a stunt double in gotcha. in those scenes i think so other than that i mean i thought it was a really fun movie i left it more surprised at at uh the quality of it than i thought it than i thought it would be um i mean i was i was looking out for for things and i and i caught things that i uh that i didn't want to or that i was kind of groaning and not looking forward to, but then I was, I was overall surprised and, and thought it was, uh, I liked a lot of the themes of the movie. So, um, right. and she, she was fine. Um, she wasn't supposed to be as emotive a character as, uh, you know, I, I think all the emotional heft was with, uh, what's her name? Rambo, uh, yeah. the, the first oh, yeah. Rambo. Yeah. It's like the only time I ever even got felt like emotional was when she was talking and, you know, it's I didn't get hardly any of that from from uh, Carol. But um, now that she knows she's human and she's has some memories back, maybe she'll emote a little more in this next one. So, yeah, yeah a lot of, I've seen a lot of complaints online about her. Uh, she's just like cardboard, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, she's a character who's literally been trained to suppress her emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and once suppressing I, her emotions. Yeah. And once I saw that, that's that's cool. I, I mean, uh, and then, but then I think that there were some times when I felt like the studio might've gotten in there and said, Hey, we have to punch up some of the humor and stuff. And I don't think every, not every Marvel movie has to be a comedy. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah. there could be some serious movies. So I didn't mind her being serious. Yeah. She's a soldier. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's start with some comic books. We're going to get to some more emails on another episode, but this we're a half hour in already. So, Age of X-Men is still going. I almost said the word strong, but it's still going. Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men number two, written by Zach Thompson, Lonnie Nadler, with art by Marco Fiella. Wait, wait, are we talking about this one first, or are we talking about Extracts? Uh, The one I just introed. Let's do that one Marvelous X-Men. Marvelous X-Men number two? Yeah. They seem connected. They seem connected, but I mean, this one definitely felt like a lead into that that one i read yeah. them in the opposite order oh you yeah. did yeah well too late yeah okay, you know how do you guys feel about this one the well, marvelous know. x-men number two hey i don't think people can be intimate or anything in this universe do you guys think wait where did you get that from i haven't seen anything about that <laughs> wait i mean is it all intimacy or i mean i i know that they value their alone time but oh fuck what if i wanted to just hug my son nope no Certainly i can't do can't. that him on the forehead Oh. You can't kiss a you can't kiss a baby on the forehead. Nope. What? How uh, do politicians even get elected? Wait, hang on. Exactly. I got, I got a really good question. What about high fives? Ooh. Nope. I nope. mean, there's some emotionality between high fives, you know what? but it's Three also max. very platonic. 
high threes. I mean, wait, three in my life? No, you or, can only do high threes. Absolutely three oh, three no chest bumps. Yeah. No what about, chest bumps. What about finger guns? You can, you can do finger guns. Yeah, finger. it's because it's Pa-pow! it's separated emotionally, yeah. but it's still showing like affection. All right. So what, what about a nice this? firm goose? <laughs> <laughs> Only it's if it's firm. No flaccid goosing, thank you. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the I read this like a week ago, and I forget what happened. There's like his son's there. There's like young apocalypse. There's some sort of demonstration happening. Someone take this for me, please. So, so I <laughs> read the other a... one first, and it led into this pretty well. Um, all this is is the the demonstration that that they said that they were going to have the last issue. First of all, what the fuck is an extract? I don't know. Um, the demonstration that they said that they were going to have about free love, uh, Apocalypse and his little team. They have it. The X Men show up, and they don't. They're pretty ineffectual. They don't exactly know what to do because, you know, they're pacifists and they're just first response. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, they're used to putting out fire. First responders. Apocalypse stirs up the crowd with you can you can love and be in love. This is this is your world and blah blah blah. The X Men are ineffectual, have absolutely no idea what to do. Uh and the crowd riots a little bit. In the riot, emotions are stirred, and some of the X Men have visions and or memories or feelings uh that's occurred in their former lives. Not unlike we saw five or six other times yep. in the five or six other issues of this yeah. thing. Now, I thought it was kind of funny. In, well, not funny, but the only interesting part of this for me was um, instead of another love emotion, uh, Magneto and Storm feel extreme animosity because they were adversaries. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Yeah. So it's really just any spike of emotion. And I think it's hilarious that um, Peter, Colossus, sees uh, Kitty and kind of has a mental boner for her the whole time and freaks the fuck out because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he just has absolutely no idea what to do uh, and is is subconsciously painting her dragon. What's the dragon's name again? Lockheed. 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 Yeah. So no. I thought that was funny. But the rest of this, I don't give a shit. Oh, I didn't even, oh, I didn't even make that emotional connection to... He's painting Lockheed. He's never seen it before because right. he didn't know who oh, she was. that's great. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, and then he gets frustrated and throws his paint across the room. And then we've got... I Magneto. wish the brush would have stuck into the wall. Oh, also, also, does Storm see his weird... Vi- or Magneto's weird fucking vision in the wall? Because it looks like she does. They both touch and they... Yes, they're both No, no, no. I'm talking the about vision. the end. The yeah, end when Magneto, about. like... There's a hole in the like throws a hole in the wall and sees uh, this vision of the past and and Scarlet Witch and all kinds of craziness. And, it looks like she can. You're yeah, right. Well, like the lighting is on her. So what the fuck yeah. is happening? Um, yeah. Uh, you know what bothers me about this is that this issue it starts out with a guy just talking to folks. You almost get some action. Like they rush up there, then they're like, oh, no, I can't do anything. And then you get a little flashback of like a little bit of action of, of uh, like one page of a scene of Wolverine and, and X-23 kind of fighting a guy with a bazooka. And then, you know, things are things are quelled at that fight because like someone gets punched and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And and Peter comes out of the bulb and he grabs the giant Wolverine claw and he takes it away. Um, but then they go and they said, OK, well, let's consort with division x and so they sit for 10 pages and talk and talk with division x 
And it, they talk amongst themselves first, and then they go to Division X and they talk. And then they sit in each of their rooms and they reminisce. And then the issue ends. Both of these bo- uh, both of these issues that we're going to talk about did remind me how much I completely disliked Division X. I hated it even because uh, characters from the, the book show up in both of these. Department and, X. Department X, thank you. Yeah. Or is it Department oh, X? Oh, sorry. It's Department. Oh, I thought Doesn't it was matter. Division. Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And they, yeah. They Department just X, yeah. Wrote, like, bad taste in my mouth as soon as they showed up on screen. This is the this is exactly what people complain about whenever someone talks about um, what is it what is it that Brian Michael Bendis supposedly added to the comic books conversation is it decompression decompressed trade, trade yeah yeah decompressed yeah. storytelling this is the epitome of that um, yeah. each there's way too much to, stretching out of of moments and stuff that aren't warranted nobody cares about i'm sorry i guess i shouldn't speak for anybody that i don't care about i don't think the three of us care about Mm. um i I haven't heard anybody out there talking about this no one seems to be enjoying it from what i can tell yeah stretching it out but what are they stretching out is there even is there like can we go back to the drawing board is there a there there like uh, the the entire conceit of this story is the um utopia being um uh, completely devoid of all conflict. Yeah. So yeah, all, everything, only, everything only... that conflict even even is introduced in this world is devoid of. So, yeah. from a story perspective, you're either going to do that as a satire, or it's bound to fail because there's no way to tell uh, a compelling story yeah. devoid of conflict. Yeah. It just doesn't you're exist. And your show is about nothing. Well, like if, well, the, yeah, if this I was mean... if this was like a Grant Morrison level satire of yeah. just how ridiculous this is, then sure. Yeah. I mean, they're singing this, the exact same song in every fucking book. And it's like, oh, no love, no intimacy, no emotion. No love, no intimacy, no emotion. And it's, it's, it's in every, every book. But and guys, what if, I have this, I what if I have some intimacy? <laughs> I'm starting to feel some intimacy. Can't have that. Can't ah, have shit. That. No. Go paint alone. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. No, but th- this is um, – I'm not saying it's done well. But, you know, uh, Chicago PD, Chicago MD, and Chicago Fire, or whatever. I'm aware of the shows. I have no idea I don't what you're talking them. about. I don't watch them. Oh. I, I have seen them uh, uh, when I go home to my hometown just because my mom watches those shows and she loves those shows. Um, so I sit there and I watch them with her. Um, but uh, I, I've seen it. And really, that's an interesting way of approaching this. Like, say, say you're, you're going to split this off into a couple of books. You got maybe one or two that are solo books, like some characters like Nightcrawler and like, and whatever, but you split it up. All right. What? So the marvelous X-Men are firemen, uh, (laughs) department X are policemen. And then, um, you've got your prison drama with the prisoner X and you've got your Hollywood drama there. And, and so you kind of approach it from different ways, but you can't just approach the exact same thing. I mean, think about fleshing out your your world there before you have a crossover. This just doesn't feel like a, a big enough story to hold, I get what, like six, like 40, 50 issues? Is that it? Or how many issues? Uh, it's it's like somewhere between days. five and 70. I'm yes. not exactly sure. But I mean, it's not. I mean, but if you approach it from different ways, that's fine. Um, but they're not even approaching it from different ways. Uh, yeah. I don't think they even know. I really don't feel like um, they know what to do with this marvelous X Men uh, group. Like they they're kind of spinning their wheels and have no purpose. We have no real interest in these guys because they're just 
they're not protagonists. It's just stuff's happened around them and they have no control over, they have no attempt to even try to, uh, fix anything. Yeah. Um, and there's no conflict. There's there's really no conflict going the on. The only conflict than... is between the ex editors and me. <laughs> uh, can I just yeah. say that um, uh, House of M did it better? Oh my God, yes, of course. Because, like you, that, you can. Edit that was it. just just yeah, it was just like a spine book, and like maybe you could have read some of the other ancillary titles, but who gives a shit? You at least had one spine of a story and little yeah. peeks into this world. Yeah. This is like dragging you, can... you through how the sausage is made, and I hate it. Yeah. I mean, and you can uh, you can go back to Age of Apocalypse where they did it better too because I think the different groups of the different books were um, differentiated in a, a better way. Well, um, and also you know, even just down to the was government, and you know, like there were different there were different purposes for each yeah. of the teams. That, yeah, but even so. besides that, there was conflict. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. about a utopia. Nope. So yeah, I mean, even at the bare bones of it. There was a conflict happening in each of the books, uh, whether or not it was a different conflict or not. I don't know, but because I didn't read most of it because I wasn't into the X-Men at the time. But even knowing what I know, it's a story about conflict. So, yeah. 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 Um, well, at least we get to move on. Um, right Two. up next, we're going to do Age of X-Men Apocalypse and the Extracts <laughs> from uh, Tim Seeley and Salva Espin. Loved it. Did you, though? No. Damn it. Oh. No, this was awful. Uh, what about the, the horse lady? Better. I loved how everyone died in the shape of an omega, but yeah. so so I had to read. Okay, so I had to read that opening scene. I don't know seven or eight times just because it was so confusing to me. They're testing everything, like yeah. they're testing the the radiation in the air, and then you see, you actually see their perspective and this great big valley. But then all of a sudden, there's nothing but dead carcasses all around them. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I mean, you'd see that. Right? No, well, we are so okay. So I'm going to say, for the sake of argument, who who gives a shit? But I'm going to say, for the sake of argument, like you're facing these characters, so you're inside of the Omega. You're here looking at them this way, and then that's that empty space in between the uh, Omega opening, then gets filled by carcasses of birds that are just now dropping. So now it's just no. This is fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. Uh, and then, oh, and then we get the next one in New York City, Greenwich Village, and we've got fucking what? Uh, what's her name? Dazzler, and she's doing fucking what is this called? I'm just getting folk mad. Music. I'm just getting mad. Not, not folk music, like uh, yeah, yeah daddy beat poetry. Beat yeah. poetry. Fuck you. And then you've got it's really bad. The man, poetry. Bobby Drake. Hold on, hold on. I want to. I want to. I want to see what the. Do you want to do it in They in say verse? you can see it in the children we raise, but who takes credit for babes born in tubes? Who takes credit for our lives lived in cubes? Tell me I'm better off alone, better off unique. Tell me no one's lonely when everyone's a freak. You can't see me. You cover your eyes to the glare. But hey, man, I got a damn name, man. It's Allison Blair. Oh, fuck, yeah. fuck you. Now, here's the thing. I like <laughs> Tim Seeley. I love Tim Seeley. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I like Tim Seeley for the most part. And this, I, I don't care. I just, it's making me angry. <laughs> so did you, okay. you guys, did you guys like this one better than the other one? I was, I was more I was more upset reading this, so I had more of a visual reaction. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It got something out um, of you. So, yeah, it got something out of me. And I did, and like I said, I think I, I may have mentioned this before. I'm not exactly sure. I did read this one first. 
Oh, did you? Yeah, no, I read this one first. Um, and it does lead into the other one better, to be honest with you, because they talked about... 100%. But there's no way to know, right? I didn't see anything in this that was like... No, no, no. It it was only because this is the last number one, and I didn't want to read another number two until all the number ones were done. No, yeah, but I'm saying... And they... They might want to do a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, hey, sure. read this one before you read. This takes place before yeah. here. You know, sometimes they'll do I that. I mean, if, the... it, if it mattered. If anyone gave a shit. Mm. Yeah. I, I, well, again, it's like these guys are in this in this book. Let's let's just like really like look at the action part of it, because there really is not a lot of that going on either. Other than these guys dying at the beginning and then you get Allison Blair and then you get, I don't know. Uh, Iceman flying by again, looking annoying. The, um, the meat of this book is a trip. It's literally yeah, a heady like a, trip. Yeah, but it's not even the visuals aren't there in the in the trip. Um, like uh, I'm looking at there, all they're doing is day glow colors, just kind of floating around behind them. They aren't even like making the panels look kind of trippy or faces look kind of trippy or, or proportions or whatever. And they're just sitting there talking and and explaining and it, that's it's, every issue they're all just talking that's and explaining I mean, I mean, um, remember when remember when there were so many like action scenes and there mark wade did that book or did that uh kind of like how to make a perfect story and i think he did it in wizard wizard uh magazine oh. and he was saying you know you start out by introducing your character and you don't do it you and he said he used to say my name is wally west and i'm the fastest man alive that was yeah. in every book that he had and it was an example of his powers and he 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 showed what was going on and it started the the whole book on it with a forward momentum it's like with this stuff all they do is just sit stand around and talk and it's it's so passive and so like just non adventurous so i don't come to comics for this stuff so let me ask you this guys we had made a vow that we were going to read we're sticking with it no here's the thing though here's the thing why all we're doing is saying the same stuff every week because and now it's about multiple books per week yeah we might be surprised Maybe maybe we'll keep reading them. We'll keep dipping in, and maybe we'll show up if something happens. Maybe we could be like, "Hey guys, this issue a thing happened. We'll talk about it." I think our readers would appreciate us to cover something every step of the way. All right. Talk to All right. Hey, why don't you guys email us at coltspopgo at gmail dot com and let us know what you think of Age of X Man? Do you guys think that there's like a like the editorial? I mean, these are all the same books. Do you think they're telling them? Telling these guys, you have to have them stand around and talk for no, of course not, of course a while. Not. Like, or, or do you think it's just a lack of ideas, or why are these? I think books it's so the conceit of way? the of the thing. Everyone lives in a utopia, mm-hmm. so what do you do with that? There, as a writer, what can you create that if there is a world with no conflict and they're okay. having trouble creating conflict? Isn't that what uh, like that's what Logan's Run was all about? That's what like. Uh, yeah, and that Demolition, was a two-hour movie. Man. This is Demolition a giant man. event with like fifty-two parts for no reason. I know, know, but but I mean, Demolition Man had that. I think they they um, inserted West conflict. Westworld West was supposed to be like that, and then it starts showing chinks in the armor at, at Westworld. You know, in the that series. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? And that was like a that had two seasons. I think it's still going. Still going. So yeah, but uh, but there are ways to do it. I think. I I just don't know. I don't. I don't think people are spending 
much time on thinking of ways to do it. But I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, honestly, I have no idea, and I don't care. I'll tell you what, though. I look forward to next week. <laughs> same Age of X-Men time, same Age of X-Men channel. Up next, Avengers No Road Home, number five, by Jim Zub, Mark Wade, Al Ewing, with art by Sean Izoxi. I'm just making up the pronunciation of that last name. I might be wrong. But uh, he's the same uh, artist who wrote, oh, Jesus, who drew the last issue. He's back again. And, uh, yeah, so Nix is, uh, and all of the Avengers are trying to track down the different, for lack of a better term, horcruxes that uh, Nix had taken away from her so that she can re-envelop, I guess, her powers. And, um, yeah, there's a bunch of different teams. I guess only really two different teams happening and uh, going after these shards. It's still a bunch of fun. I still think this is great. Uh, this is everything uh, that Age of X-Men is it's not. not. <laughs> it's 12 issues. It's got a beginning, middle, and end, it seems like. Uh, Ten issues, I think. Oh, even better! We're halfway yeah. through! I love it! Yay! Um, but yeah, man, this was fun. Uh, I'm trying to think. What was the big... Oh, yeah. So, Nyx has a bunch of kids. And um, I did not expect... Oh, what yeah. is his name? His Hypnos. name was Hypnos. I did not expect Hypnos to be quite so... Such a bitch. Uh, murdered? To be quite so I didn't murdered? expect him to be such a screlly. Um <laughs> But he got he got murked. He I, got his next I, I like, yeah. mother, mother, where I, are you? He's I like, gasped and I literally gasped and then like snortled. Yeah. It wasn't a full giggle, but it was like a <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Um uh, sitting on the couch with Sam and she was like, What? I'm like, that's oh, great. Just the Hulk is just a beast and i did not expect that happening now go to sleep and then we get um conan shows up well um she she infinity wars uh hercules and vision too Mm -hmm. there's things are happening in this book and it's happening at a clip of a pace so that's really really fun yeah 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 um i i really like the um combination of powers that um lead uh that sort of leads uh Wanda there um there's the she conquers this blindness that Nyx has given has given her by combining her powers with uh photon or yeah. spectrum spectrum and I keep doing that too brother that's what's that's what's kind of cool about team books it's like and I think that's what's missing in a lot of team books is just that when you combine some of these powers it makes for a whole new brand new way of solving problems and that's that's what makes it fun and I think that some of these other team books just forget forget about that mm-hmm. um pairing pairing uh vision and hercules together like that it, that's a pretty formidable duo and same thing with any of these characters um and so i i uh, i really gotta commend these guys once again yeah, they are doing this like just comic book superheroing right because yeah. you don't see you don't see them all sitting at a table and talking and mm-hmm. uh, like over and over like for pages and pages at a time it's it's them you know, they are definitely at a different place by the end of this issue, which is which is really, really nice. And it's especially nice in this issue because now we've got Conan in the Marvel Universe, which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Which we knew yeah. was coming. I've seen, like, little headlines about it coming. Yeah. Um, and I, fi- I think I knew it was even coming in this series, but then I had forgotten about it. So when he showed up at the end here, I was like, oh, dope. Um, I also like that they're sowing the seeds uh, of other little stories which may or may not even come to fruition in this book. But I like that they're talking about Spectrum and Wanda is thinking about how Spectrum, you know, Monica Rambeau, 
is just this light being now. And once you're separated from your body and you're, you're this sort of almost yeah. immortal kind of being, at what point do you sort of disassociate and become sort of a Dr. Manhattan? Well, also, too, like what um, – are you ever the same person if you are constantly changing your molecules? It's that whole, yeah. it's that, that, what is that parable or that story about the ax? Like you, the blade breaks, so you get the blade replaced. And then two or three years later, the handle breaks. So you go and replace the handle. Is Do you the have the same axe? axe? Yeah. It's a yeah. different axe. Um, yeah. yeah. So she, you know, she wonders how much of the original humanity is left for her. So I, I wonder if that's going to be sort of leading us into a new storyline. Cause I definitely want more of this character. Uh, I really enjoy her here, and I, I, actually, I like this whole team. I think the whole team's great. Yeah, this is a great team. I mean, yeah. I, I wish this would be like a West Coast Avengers sort of mm-hmm. sort of team. That um, would be really good. Are Are either of you still reading Jason Aaron's Avengers? Because it's just as fucking wacky and and fun. It really is. Uh, I know it I'm is. I'm behind yeah. on it. But Me too. I want, I Guys, want to catch up on it. Get in. Um, spend Spend an hour and just hit up those like last five issues. Just yeah. Just go. Yeah, because I really enjoyed. You made me read the first. 12. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, we, them. the first like three or four, it's just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Not unlike Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this one actually like starts Sucked to pay landing, off really I fast. Think, yeah. 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 So, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Avengers No Road Home, now's the perfect jumping on point with issue five. <laughs> uh, I'm just it kidding. Actually is, you know, this is the halfway point. Um, it, it's everybody's displaced now. I mean, it's not just, it's not just. Uh, half the team now the team is sort of, sort of split into three port three parts now mm-hmm. um which is pretty damn cool so i'm looking forward to the rest me three uh all right amazing spider-man 17 written by nick spencer with art by humberto ramos so humberto. what we're gonna be doing is really talking about amazing spider-man 16 amazing spider-man 16 point hu and then also seventeen. So we've all we're kind of caught up on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who? What? Who? Uh, uh, Sp- Spider-Man. Oh, I'm sorry, Petey Spideyman. Petey Spideyman. Um, so I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day, there was a really amazing, uh, no pun intended, Spider-Man story called. Craven's the last hunt. Craven's last hunt, and that was the first time where I re- got to the end of a book, and I was a little flabbergasted at how dark it was because my man shot himself in the face, he killed himself at the end of the story, and um, it felt not, like was- not only that, but he buries Peter Parker alive, and he has to crawl his way out of a, a buried coffin. He drugs him. He mm-hmm. assaults MJ in the Black Spider. Yeah, he takes outfit. over his identity. He wears the black mm-hmm. suit, the Spider-Man suit. To become his enemy, while yeah. you know he's he's buried alive, it's a little dark. Yeah, so dark, so dark, and he it's in eats, a nice epic. He collection. eats a bunch of spiders. That was so gross. Yeah, it's dripping down his chin, and he's like eating it. That was Mike <laughs> Zach. That, that was Mike. Yeah, man, Mike, Mike Zach, Zach was great. Man, he was good. Yeah, him. I remember him seeing him first. I think on the he did a bunch of GI Joe covers and Punisher yeah. covers, and that's so, sort of my first. So has this has Craven as a villain since then. Made any kind of impact for you? No, not at all. Uh, yeah. He died. He's been dead. And then there was uh, his whole little family. I think during Dan Slott's run, he touched on, there's like a, a woman. I don't know if it was his wife or whatever. Uh, he had some, two kids, right? There was some children. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Calypso. And then there was 
Oh, was, was it that, Calypso? I wasn't sure if I had that yeah, straight or yeah, not. Yeah, that's that's Calypso. And then and then there was that Craven guy that was Git Craven. Git Craven by, by Ron Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Jesus Christ. It's horrible. So, um, yeah. And then I think the last we saw them, they were going into the Savage Land. And mm-hmm. turns out the story is spoiler alert. Uh, he, are those kids? Those kids died. Yeah, it was like survival of the fittest immediately. Yeah. Uh, he killed the son. The daughter well, tried. They to... killed each other. He sent them out to kind of live and conquer, and and oh. the son killed all the rest. No, 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 no. Not those. This is kids. before the clones. His actual kids. Oh, okay. He had actual okay. children. He. Now... They show him killing one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it was a it was a uh, last man standing situation in the Savage Land, and Craven killed his own kids. Then he got the High Evolutionary to make him more children in his image. So essentially, what was it, thirty seven clones that aged faster yeah. of him? Then he sent yeah. them all out, uh, all of them to go conquer their you know specific lands. And then one of the kids was like, "Fuck this shit." I'm going to go hunt all of my brothers yeah. and come back with their skulls because I'm back the best with a hunter. He giant Santa Claus sack full of his brother's skulls <laughs> and dumps it at Craven's feet. And Craven <sighs> is like, he drops to his knees and he's crying. And I, I honestly thought he was like, fuck, all my kids are dead. But he was like, you're the you're the best. <laughs> yeah, the so best. so we're we're only talking about the lead up issue so far. This was, the, was the this prelude. is the one this is the one uh, drawn by Otley who yeah. um, draws so a mustache good. like no one else in this he's, world. He's so good. <laughs> um, uh, mustaches so, and blood. That's yeah. His mustaches two. <laughs> and blood. But um, I like see, I like his work, but I think it's just a little too light for this tone. Like mm. I love Humberto mm. Ramos and the way he inks. And who who's inking him in this this issue that we that uh, seventeen? Seventeen. We're all flipping really fast. <laughs> Victor Alazaba. Alazaba. Okay, I, I don't he, like it. That, you don't like it? I mean, yes, it's the coloring makes it dark. I think if you take this and you just lighten up all the coloring, it's not as dark. But um, yeah, I guess that's not true. That's not true. I take that back. There's a lot of there is a lot of shadow in here. Um, yeah. But there's something about Ramos's bodies that always pulls me out. Um, it depends on the story. I, I like it. Um, I liked that's it. Great. I liked his run on X Men, Wolverine and the X Men. Um, I dig this here. Mm-hmm. I his style and Otley style are so divergent yet for some reason it doesn't throw me off reading right, one issue to the very, other um extreme mm-hmm. artists um but then so like i am usually we had this this uh in between 16 and 17 we had this dot hu so like dot hunted point one issues are usually garbage garbage yeah, garbage garbage faces this was so fun. And then like reading the, the back. Black Cat. Yeah, it's just the story of Black oh, yeah. Cat, how she got between issue 16 and 17. Literally, it's in the middle. So it matters. It might as well be an in-between issue. And apparently, I read the back matter, too. They're they're doing four .hu issues in between this, this little mini event, and yeah. they're all going to focus on one specific character. This is yeah. really fun. Yeah. I love this a lot. a little mini event. Yeah. It is, um, and, I, I, and it's it's short and sweet too. I think it goes over just two months, and just to like then it's, issue twenty, then I think. Yeah, because yeah. we're going bi-weekly at this point. And I don't know if you guys. So I was a little bothered by not the fact that Black Cat became a bad guy again. I actually kind of liked the idea of making her a foil again, as opposed to like a sort of love, in, sometimes love interest. 
Um, I did feel like it was abrupt. And what they've done here, what uh, Nick Spencer has done, seems like he made it more interesting to me in that uh, before when Dan Slott wrote it, it seemed like, oh, well, it was Superior Spider-Man and... Doc Ock punched her in the face, so all of a sudden she hated Spider-Man because he punched her. And I was like, what? Uh, okay, that's okay. Um, well, it even also, once it was revealed that that was Doc Ock the whole time, she was like, no. Well, that so, also undermines, that makes her less of a um, participant in her own. So if if it was just like being spurned that turned her into a murderous bad guy, that, yeah. that takes away the agency of her as yeah. a character, it, yeah. if it just being like a reactionary thing, whereas Nick Spencer's version... Explains it. Uh, yeah. Well, like and it, it has to do with it's uh, emotional resonance. Day yeah. Sort of thing where uh, Dr. Strange, you know, Peter had Dr. Strange put that genie back in the bottle of his secret identity, which affected even people he did trust, including Black Cat. Yeah. Um, and so the disconnect between knowing that she used to know Peter's identity, Spider-Man's identity, and that there was something between them, but she wasn't 100 percent sure what it was and, and all of that sort of almost mental instability revolving around Peter Mm -hmm. drove her and made her um, not crazy, but it's it's like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conundrum that he, that he poses of if you, so let's say that you anchor uh, a certain level of positivity or, or, you know, you anchor something good in your life around a person. Mm -hmm. Don't, if you remove the person, then, you know, that other person could become a martyr or still remember that thing. But if you completely take that ingredient away, mm-hmm. what does it do to that person that they don't even know about? Yeah. And this is exploring that in a really, really cool way. Cause like in this issue, she, it's like having a breakup happen to you at 60 miles an hour in a head on collision where she completely was forgot about it, literally had to remember about it. And then he, um, uh, many issues ago, um, when she expressed this to Peter about how I knew, I knew who you, what we were, and I knew who you were, but now I don't anymore, and I hate you for that. He literally, as soon as she turned around, his mask was off. He was like, "You're right." So he did. Not only was it hard for her that she loved this person and didn't remember him, he was Peter, which was a good person, mm-hmm. <laughs> made it better, which makes her situation that much more worse because now she has to miss and lament this person that still consi- continues to be a good person. Yeah. Which Morning. is rough. Mourning the relationship. Yeah, it's, stuff. it's great. Those two issues, or these last couple of issues, have actually made me kind of... I mean, I like it that he's back with MJ, but at the same time, I really wish he would just like give the black cat another chance. I would have loved that. Yeah. romance mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. You know, I, I think it would be... I mean, it was... I I barely remember their relationship from I this goes all the way back to the 80s when they actually had a relationship and ever since then it's always been them having this kind of like oh we used to have a relationship and now we're just gonna you know someone's gonna flirt with one of them or or he she's gonna flirt with him and make him feel uncomfortable or whatever and I I think that it would be fun to see that kind of now I do want to say a little bit Right after one more day, they, had they a, did have a tryst. They had a they had a many issue fling, yeah. like did straight they? up dating after yeah. one more day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like as soon as you took MJ off the board and it was okay for him to be with someone else, <laughs> like the first one they went to was MJ. Before you mean Kat? I'm sorry, uh, Felicia. Felicia. Yeah, I remember a lot of uh, Spider-Man purists were not only were they upset about one more day and all that sort of stuff, but then they were also upset like, well, now he's just acting slutty. 
He's was having that, sex. Uh, was that Kevin Smith? No, 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 no. That was that was during that was brand Krasinski's new day, run, which uh, was written okay. by a whole bunch of folk. Um, yeah. But um, uh, I thought I was going to say, but yeah, man, this is great. This ha- this could have very easily been a throwaway nothing issue, and I found it incredibly gratifying. Um, mm. I I really did enjoy this, and I I like the little thing where he kind of teases her by presenting her with a box that she thinks is going to be a ring. Yeah. And her reaction is so, I guess, uh, disconcerting that he was just like, no, 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 it's okay. It's just like a spider tracer. But she also seems upset that it was a spider tracer and And not not a a ring. ring. Yeah. It seems like there was a part of her that had a bad reaction, but also was frustrated that it wasn't actually what she thought it was. So there's a little bit of nuance to that, too. That's not the first time he had proposed to her. I think Mm -hmm. there was a a story a while back that he had proposed to her, I think. Yeah, I thought I remembered that, too. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But this. This. It could have been a really light, fun version of uh, what they tried to do with Batman and Catwoman. But regardless, I still don't understand completely what Craven's um, little uh, thing is going on well, in this nobody book. Does. But it's great. So yeah, there's. Um, I thought it was all for him, and it turns out he says this isn't even. This isn't for me. I'm not hunting him. I'm setting him up for somebody else. Now, did, is does he mean? Do you think his son? But does he? But his son drops him off in you know in the pen with all the other villains. Right. But but then I thought um, all of these hunters he's gathered across the world that are staying here and ready for this hunt. I thought they were all gonna like get in there. Uh-huh. But it's arcades robots of Craven. Yeah. That are about no, to come attack them. I don't them. think they're robots. Are they? They I are. Thought they're robots. Were... They're robots. I think they say they it. They say okay. they're robots. I thought they were those rich people, all no. in armor. Unless they're in some AI that's controlling them. So at the very end, after the issue wraps up, there's a thing from Nick Spencer saying, mm-hmm. um, things are looking pretty rough for the best superhero of all time. Craven is back and he has a son who just beat the tar out of Spidey. And he's trapped many of Spidey's most dangerous villains in an impregnable dome and hired Arcade to unleash an army of robot Cravens. Okay. Oh, and this NMJ's in trouble too. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. so much fun. This is good. Yeah. It, yeah, it'll be. I think it's going to be really cool because I think I think um, a lot of this is setting up so that first this other Craven is going to get a shot at all of these guys that are that are surviving this first round, and then I think you're going to get a, a our old Craven back and doing the same thing. Oh you well, know, that's like that's final... the thing. So that's another tiny little. Uh thing that i think is really interesting craven did kill himself and he was brought back using magics Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be back it's like when they brought buffy back and she was like i was fucking in heaven you dipshits um yeah he was happy being dead he hates being back and he the part of the curse that brought him back says that only the spider-man can kill him so he really wants spider-man to just put him out of his misery and i really enjoy that as a uh motivation for a Mm -hmm. spider-man villain it's like just fuck because he's never going to do it. No, Spider-Man, Spider-Man never yeah, kill him. Especially since Spider-Man is not, doesn't yeah. kill. You know? yeah. it, so, and it haunted, it haunted him forever about the whole Craven thing. And he didn't even you do know, it. He didn't even do it. Yeah. yeah. He, only, he tangentially helped. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Yeah. But I'm glad you guys are on board because, you know, I was reading this and I, I didn't know. Sometimes I'm like, I, uh, is it just because I'm a big Spider-Man fan that I'm really digging this? But. Well, you you well, do have nostalgia. Like I have nostalgia glasses for certain characters. So yes, but no, this is fun as shit. 
go. Cool. This is like eight issues. And this is the perfect size of a crossover. Eight issues. Yeah. It's I don't know. Just, it could be 30, oh, though. Could go thirty. Couple, yeah, they, they should have a couple spinoffs there. Yeah, couple, a couple Alpha and Omega issues. Yeah. Uh, all right, Batman Who Laughs, The Grim Knight, number one, written by Scott Snyder and James Tinney in the fourth, with art by Eduardo Riso. I didn't look at the cover, like the credits. So when I flipped open to this first page, I went, oh, I know who this is. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Riso do um, a major be- uh, book in a while. So I was very happy to have him back. He is the master of light and shadow, and uh, I really enjoy his work. Now, he's doing something different here with the flashbacks that sort of give it a faux watercolor-type style. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really like his stark black-and-white stuff that he does. Um, I do. When he does the painting thing, it reminds me a little bit of Eric Powell. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. The goon. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of it is, I mean, it's a really good looking Which book. Which also just restarted this week. The goon, number one, came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, this, this is a one-issue version of Flashpoint Batman. Yep. Yeah. Like, you got to see the origin of, you're getting to see the origin of a um, alternate universe character. Mm-hmm. And one truncated issue, and it's I actually really like this. I, I enjoy this as this well. This is the first issue of um, this Batman Who Laughs that I just unabashedly enjoyed, as opposed to having caveats or like, eh, what? I guess this was just good. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, Mark. There were a couple of points in this issue that I felt like it. I, I, I was, I was understanding it and hanging on to the story and following it, but then like I was getting close to not being able to follow it. Um, just uh, part of it was just like there's this there's this retelling of this scene where you get Wayne Enterprises a satellite above them and there it's a family coming out of the movie theater and it's supposed to be kind of like a flashback right no no this is an and example the guy gets shot in the face he doesn't get shot in the face um yeah he gets shot in the face this is an example of so this flashback is of while the Grim Knight is in. In business, so he's using Wayne Tech to, you know, kill people from above, like Brother Eye, and yeah. it was. And the example they showed was just something that would have been akin to his experience. That's all. Yeah. So, so it's just like a not going to happen this time, and he murders them. But I, I love the the follow up to that scene though. Is um, don't cry, just smile. Batman helped us. Thank you, thank you, Batman. And then he just waves at the camera like, hi. Like there's a there's literally a drawing of the Grim Knight waving at the camera, like job well done. This was so yeah. this was so subverse and crazy. I loved it. Mm-hmm. This is one I, I I think I read it read through it really quickly. I need to read it a little slower and and uh, really really kind of uh, uh, soaking it a bit um, in order to get get everything. I mean I think using the multiple uh, Gordons was was difficult. I think it helped with the painted style. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, I, it's, this is the reason why I don't really like alternate versions of people because it's like, it makes me wonder like, all right, which version of this is this guy? Which version of this is this guy? Um, I get it. There is no other Batman in this book. So this is the Batman, the Grim Knight, um, here, but, um, uh, and I like his relationship with Alfred in this book though, a lot. Uh, oh, I like <laughs> Alfred like, turned on him. Yeah, well, it's like he leaves. He if he if he leaves the place, uh, a bomb will go off in his in his skull. Right? Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. And Alfred's just like, do what you do, do what you must, and just yeah. leaves. 
Yeah, he's he's almost suicidal because it's like he's gotten so far away from what his what his vision of what uh, what Batman should oh, be. I'm looking I'm looking at this panel that I liked again, and I just noticed that the Grim Knight has a Batman mug on his desk as he's watching uh, from satellite uh, murdering someone. This is oh, nice. this is a gross, but a gross in a good way book. I like this. If yeah. it's got this, you know what? And I wonder how much of it is. Tinian versus Snyder because lately a lot of Snyder's stuff has been you know shoot for the fences but missing steps in between where then Tinian comes in and does like a fill-in issue of Justice League and it's yeah. it's got a little bit more ground and more impact and 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 you know fills in the dots a little bit better than Snyder's stuff has been I wonder how much of the scripting is between the two or or if they're just really helping that. I was just about to say that that uh, Tinian feels like he grounds scott snyder's works lately i mean five 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 years ago scott snyder or was not this um Mm -hmm. morrissey-ish morrison morrison-y-ish yeah he's definitely entered a different phase in his writing i don't i don't hate it i'm just not sure about it yeah i think yeah i I, and it's the same it's almost the same kind of frustration i got when i was reading some of uh morrison's more loftier stories that Uh it just feels like there's stuff happening in between the panels that isn't communicated really well and Mm -hmm. it's frustrating that i'm not getting it because it's like i i want to get it i desperately want to like yeah i think that's i'm sorry i just stopped back i had to go use the bathroom um are we talking about scott snyder and how he's sort of more morrisonian we're actually talking about the Zack snyder cut Oh, shut uh, up. Justice League. No, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, uh, lately. About, about late. Justice League. Yeah. So I've been thinking about his Justice League run and how when I first read it, I was a little like, hubbub, 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 hmm? So uh, there's something in me, though, that makes me want to go and return to it because I know Scott Snyder is smart. I've been and, reading it this, this whole time. I never stopped. Right. So I, I just feel like if I go back, I would get more out of it. Well, um, so the beginning, we talking- the beginning part of this conversation was that it's it's been basically all concept, yeah. really good, but missing steps in between. But then every two or three issues, Tinny and the Fourth will come in as a co-writer, uh-huh. and those issues are almost invariably better because they do fill in those gaps, gotcha. and they're very they're much more focused. So with this issue, them co-writing it, uh-huh. I'm wondering how the scripting duties were kind of divvied out. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, I. I- I do uh, agree with uh, with that. Mark, are you still reading Justice League? Uh, I have it. Um, I have like the issues. I just need to catch up on them. It's it's still happening. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's. I never regret reading it, but it's yeah. like, yeah. all right, what the fuck's going? Like, where, where are you taking me? Because they're like the stakes are so big that it's imperceptible. Yeah. Which mm. was making this all concept kind of story that he's telling yeah. even more detached. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's interesting. I think I really of... like this cover on this issue uh, on the Batman Who Laughs. Uh, the one where it's kind of painted and you see just see the back of him. He's got all the guns draped over him and he's holding the guns it on his side. Like, to his uh, sides. Gabriel Delato from Secret is... War, the Bendis Secret War. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, love that. But yeah, um, I, I'll yeah. go back to. Yeah, variant cover. You're right. Totally. Yeah, it's Gabriel Delato. And Jock's, Jock's the original cover. Um, I'll definitely go back to the the uh, uh, the, the Justice League Justice books League. And, and go back into it and check it out. So it's, we got to dive into that at some point. Yeah, for way. sure. Um, 
All right, Little Bird. We're going to wrap it up. Little Bird number one by Darcy Van Polgeist or Polgeist and Ian Bertram. Uh, can I start with, can I start this one? You know what, Noel? Ah! Why don't you go ahead, buddy? You start Oh, these guys are so gracious. It's great. Um, so I knew nothing about this when you handed me the issue, like, hey, you should give this a shot. This is like agnostic of what we were going to talk about on the show, just my normal stack. Um, I flipped through it. It was really pretty and then didn't read it until like three hours ago. And while I was reading this, I had a feeling of two different artists that have never crossed my mind before in the same like time, mm-hmm. just bubble to the surface. And it was this felt to me like um, a Brian K. Vaughn story by way of David Lynch's Dune. Yeah, visually and stylistically, it just it was it was so wild and weird, and it was missing pieces of narrative. But it, mm-hmm. it was almost like that was the sto- the kind of story they were telling, where it's just like. We're not going to fucking tell you this detail. Just roll with it. It was really interesting. I I, I dug the shit out of this. Uh, There's enough mystery to it that I'm curious about what's going on, what's happening, where we're headed. But I wasn't so confused that I was lost. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did. It did take me a while to get through the issue and go, oh, here's kind of where we are. Uh, It doesn't just give you everything at the outset. It it builds toward the end of the issue to sort of paint a picture for you. And then uh, something happens at the end of this first issue that I did not anticipate uh, and made me sad. So, yeah. (laughs) Is, is, Is it what we see, though? Yeah. Is she? Yeah. But is she? But is she? But is she? I don't know, dog. Maybe. You would think so. The one guy's got his eyeball hanging out of his head at first, and then he gets split in half. Like, she is still laying there with him. Yeah. We don't know. And then we get a flashback. Either way, so the, many guts. Either way, the impact is worth it. years earlier. Yeah. But, yeah, man, uh, this was a lot of fun. So the reason I brought this up, the reason I even said we should talk about this, um, or that you should buy it, Noel, yeah. is because, uh, Mark, if you remember, uh, Ian Bertram... And Peter J. Tomasi had worked on a series, a little four or five issue miniseries called um, uh, House of Penance. Penance. Yes. Yeah. And we actually talked to a friend of the show, Peter J. Tomasi. And, He's a friend uh, of the show. Did you know that? He is. I hope he knows. Totally <laughs> friend of the show. So when I saw that this was coming down the pike, I was like, ooh, more Ian Bertram. I hope it's as good as House of Penance, which was amazing. Uh, and I think we're off to a great start. What did you think, Mark? Oh, I mean, visually, I, I, I don't think there's an artist out there that I don't love more than Ian Bertram. I think that his stuff is so unique and um, you can scan his panels and you can find all these different just different details that you just didn't think, uh, you know, you just you don't know, like how he has the time to kind of put all those little details in there sometimes. Um, it, he really knows how to um, make alien-like looking people, but still kind of add a humanity to it. So uh, I, I just thought all around this was, visually it was just really, really hit me. I love the the Dune-like parts, uh, the the kind of David Cronenbergian kind of like the, that, that slop bath the bloodbath the guy's laying in and he's mm-hmm. got like all these tendrils like leading up to it. And he's got these little bald, uh, like acolytes that are, <laughs> are following him around. Um, and then you got just the gory bits. You got the, yeah, I can see the totally the Dune reference just with the, uh, with the, the way the, the church is. Yeah. And the nun that's floating around in the, mm-hmm. in those red, in the orange ball. Definitely um, is a, a Baron like, Harkonnen kind of yeah, yeah, thing going on. Yeah. And then you get this kind of like survival, 
sort of aspect to it where she's just kind of going through the Arctic. And I think I remember um, reading a, a snippet of this, like a preview to it. And that's all the parts that I saw. And just from those parts, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. And they didn't even show like any of the parts of the church or any of that stuff. But uh, I love the survivalist aspect of it. I love the image of her kind of like skulking up there inside uh the wolf carcass. Yeah, the yeah carcass it was wolf. amazing. And and just like it, just that image, and you could just see it. Uh, you could see it play out in a movie of just like her moving along. Um, or have have you guys watched uh, Love, Love, Sex, and Robots yet? On no, I watched yet. the first four episodes. How many? Yeah. fantastic. It's like yeah. ten or eleven. Yeah, um, and they're only like 15, 10, 15 minutes long. Uh, yeah. But uh, it reminds. Uh, Right now, every time I look at a comic, I'm seeing that sort of animation, and I could totally see this turn into like an animation. And that mm-hmm. that little hanging carcass with the de- dragging legs, looking like it's an animal coming up, but it's really her underneath that's sneaking up in the fortress. So what fun. what made me and, think also of like uh, Lynch's Dune was the style of storytelling. Like it mm-hmm. was all very ex. It was really expository, but didn't make the connections for you. This is this mm-hmm. is almost like. A story, a, a very wild and crazy story, being told to me through bureaucratic news clippings, like, <laughs> like it's yeah. just pieces of the story, and we're connecting it, and and very sometimes incredibly visceral, sometimes just a speech of somebody else. This is really interesting. I like it a lot. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, I love the images of like the the. I guess this is an as- asylum, and the guy's like sitting there, and he's flo- he's levitating a knife and or a spoon in a bowl and he's saying pee 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 and then there's another guy there levitating and he's peeing against a wall and then there's there are these alien creature like things in the background it's just there there's just all these kinds of really oh, cool things and meanwhile it's advanced she's dragging... humans or something like that it's like the it, the i got the idea that it was like a supermax but for superheroes well, yeah that, like, um yes uh it's they actually say what it is it's like a it's like the den for advanced humans or something like that it's weird Oh, yeah. here, um, genetically modified beings, penitentiary okay. for genetically modified beings. Oh, yeah, course. and then he's walking through all these cells, and you get to see inside there all these like different weird looking people. Like the guy with his head backwards, and he's he's flicking people off, but he's flicking the wrong way. They're I like the giant. The wrong way. I like the giant, uh, boring guy head. Yeah. With an upside down cross on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is so fucking weird. Yeah, it's just really, really cool. And just like visually and, and just the, the visual of her dragging that giant axe through this place is really cool. Um, you can just see the weight. You can see her effort in it. You can see the um, just that the, this is a really visually I, it just start to finish. I could just look through this and there there would be no word balloons and I would still love it, I think. Yeah, I would still um, definitely stay yeah. at it. I mean, it definitely seems. I read the last page, and it seems like they put a lot of thought into this story, and they want to tell a really great story. They also said it was weird. They said this isn't going to be collected in trade; it's just going to be in in single issues. Yeah. So, so if um, if you're out there and you're listening, don't wait for the trade on this. I would buy the issues because mm-hmm, they're going to be hard to find. I mean, this this artist is is so good. I I'm surprised uh, Grant Morrison hasn't snapped him up for one of his projects because this is very Grant Morrison. Like mm-hmm. art, yeah, they would be a good uh, team, but yeah. I mean, he's already got Frank Quitely, so yeah, yeah I think it's just scratch. Yeah, maybe yeah, Ian Bertram's faster, you know, like and he's like Chris two Burnham. issues a year. He reminds me of Chris Burnham too. Is that I his love name? Chris Burnham? Yeah, uh, it's it's Burnham meets Quietly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, and Burnham's doing die 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 right. 
yeah. Yeah, yes. yes. The Kirkman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, guys. Go read this book. Yep. Let's get the fuck out of here. That's our show. Thank you for joining us. I've been your host, Johnny Destructo. If you want to toss us a couple of monies, you can uh, go to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo, or you could go to Patreon slash... ML Miller. Yeah. Also, I just have a, a, a couple of tiny things. Yeah. Uh, this weekend is C2E2 here in Chicago. I have a table there. I'm going to be at table 1J, I cool. believe. I'm going to be sharing it with Chris Chetham. Uh, Chris Chetham. He is, uh, he's a really good guy, uh, uh, and he's a, a writer of comics as well. Um, and we are going to be uh, there all weekend. Also, Dave Mustaine of the, um, Megadeth? the band Megadeth is going to be at the place, and uh, I'm going to do a signing of the book with Dave Mustaine and a couple <laughs> other artists and writers uh, who worked nice. on the, the I hope you don't get so nervous Megadeth that you're technology. sweating bullets. I know, exactly. Get it? That was a reference yes, to this. I get it. <laughs> ask, but, uh, ask your grandparents who Megadeth was, kids. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, headbangers come out to uh, C2E2 and see Dave Mustaine. It'll, it'll be pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's going on this weekend. Also, I, I've started to write a little bit um, at, on my site and about some of the previous uh, comics that I've written and, and put out there. And I'm trying to get do a little bit more of that as well as the the horror movie reviews um just oh. to kind of prom promote my own kind of work yeah man you got so, to do it yeah yeah all right guys thank you so much email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com go to cultpopgo.com and click on the bright red banner you can leave us a voicemail that's it oh you can tweet at mr bartocci uh if you want to it's not a big deal fucking i mean it. i'm here what's all up right. we love you bye bye Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. This is great.